Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? We got to make every second count. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now. Use code SHANNON. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SHANNON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. Who would you be looking in the heavyweight division to fight next? Right now, I want a rematch with Tyson. He took me a little lightly, so he might come next time very heavy. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. 
Hello, welcome to another special edition of Club Shay Shay on the Road. I am your host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay. And the guy that's stopping by for conversation on a drink, well, we have nothing to drink, so just the conversation today, <laughs> is one of the scariest heavyweights on the planet. He holds the record for the hardest punch ever recorded by the Guinness Book of World Records. He's a former UFC heavyweight champion of the world, a top 10 ranked WBC boxing heavyweight contender, one of the baddest men on the planet. I just nicknamed him the Cameroonian Conquistador. You know what a Conquistador is? No. That's someone looking to conquer new territory. Ah, uh, okay. Conquistador. <laughs> like the predator, okay. Francis Ngannou. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, sir. Man, thanks for stopping by, man. How you been? I've been good. You know, been paving my little, my little way. <laughs> How have your life changed? See, we're going to give you credit for the win because everybody believed that you won the fight. Yeah. Um, you got outlanded in total punches, but you threw the harder power shots. You knocked him down, something that some of the other former heavyweights <coughs> in boxing has been unable to do. So what's going through your mind? You land this punch. Did you think he was going to get up? Did you think you had won the fight? Oh, at that yeah. Moment? Yeah. Um, leading, uh, going up to into that fight, mm -hmm. I was very prepared. I know how tough he is. You know, I have seen him almost dead <laughs> and come back. <laughs> right. So uh, I wasn't going there to knock him out. Right. You know, I'm like, okay, whatever happened. Because usually when you think somebody is going to stay down and then he comes up, that takes something out of you. Right. You know, like I didn't want to have odd right. kind of like hope, yeah. uh, empty hope. So... I'm um, like, this fight is going to the decision, right. you know. And um, during the entire fight, I was just thinking to uh, to the ten uh, of the ten on the ten round, like, don't overdo, don't find the big the big punch, right. just keep the pace, you know. And that's how I do. Did you think you could win a decision over a heavyweight champion, or did you feel you needed to knock him out? Did you think you could get a decision? Yeah, I believe in it. I mean, that's why I train. I train for 10 rounds. I mean, to get there and um, get to in the 10th round. And in the in the 10th round, I feel like I was even more fresh than he was. Right. You know, I was very prepared. I I mean, I'm going into a sport that I'm I'm the underdog, right. massive underdog, because right. that was my first boxing match. And I'm going again the best, uh, the best in the world. So... I was, I better be prepared, right? And uh, couldn't just count on punches, power punch, right. because he's good at uh, counting, uh, deviating punch. So I wasn't looking for punches at all. Like, I was so scared, like, to put power and get tired. Right. My main thing was not to get tired right. before him. Right. Yeah. And see, that's what I'm saying, because you are such a massive underdog. Had you won that fight, that would have been the biggest upset in heavyweight history. That's bigger than, than Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson. That's bigger than any other heavyweight fight. That might have been the biggest, because, like you said, you never had a, a, a boxing match before. Yeah. And you stepped into the ring with the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, and you beat him. And that's um, that's why I like at some point even I get frustrated of the, of the decision, but I understand that there is a system, right. and you can just uh, not just be like a, a, a single wolf and just come and take the system down like that. Right. I I've been into this business a little while to understand that he works, so I knew even before the fight that if we get to that point, I I don't have so many chances. Right. Right. But. Um, you know, I wanted to prove my point. I wanted to prove that I can box. Also, for me, it was a good experience to feel it, right. to get there. And I'm like, okay, 
I get this. How do I feel in the fifth round, in the sixth round, in the eighth round? You know, all those stuff and holding and understand the game against uh, one of the best ever do it, do it. You know, so he was very important for me. So at the end of the day, like uh, after that fight, regardless of the decision, I was still happy. Right. I feel very satisfied and um, yeah, feel like I have I took a lot of a lot from them than what they took. Uh, from me. What gave you the confidence, considering that you had never boxed professionally, that you can get into the ring? And I don't think you stepped into the ring thinking like, okay, I'm going to have a good showing. I think you stepped into the ring believing you could beat Tyson Fury. Of course. <laughs> what, what, what gave you the confidence? You had never been in a boxing match before. Uh, you know, life is not always about theory. Okay. Uh, if life, life was about theory, I would, I would have never been here. Okay. You know, I wasn't uh, meant to be here. And uh, yet I am. So you get to the point that you realize like uh, it's not about like um, the uh, experience and everything. Like mm -hmm. you understand that something's something right. going on, right? Like if I if if I walk to the bar and see a guy that is drunk and coming after me, that this guy never been in the gym. I step back first to watch what is move. I don't sit there and say, oh, I'm a prof professional fighter. No, I step back because if that got to land, <laughs> you might find yourself uh, have taken a nap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the day, regardless of like boxing, technique and everything, it's two men fighting. Right. And uh, I believe that I'm a man enough to stand in front of other men, right. even though I have a little, I have a little less bit experience. of less experience and a disadvantage, but um, I know that I'm a man and I can handle. You had Mike Tyson, who Tyson Fury is actually named after, in your corner, teaching you the ins and outs, the intricacies of the. So when you go into the, he's a big man, he's a massive man. I think he's six foot nine. You're six foot five. You were the more muscular fighter, and you said, "I just wanted to make sure I didn't get tired, so I didn't want to put too much." into the punches and tire myself out. Yeah. But you counter, you, you counter him and catch him with, a, I think, a left to the temple. Yeah. Did you see that opening? Did you, could you tell, like, I think I can get him. This, this is the moment. No, basically, that, that was even a counter. That wasn't something that I prepared. But uh, I saw that when he, at, uh, when he walked at me in the third round, I think it was for him a moment to finish the fight. Right. Kind of like, okay, we are done. Let's go home now. Right. Because when the fight started, he was like, let's go to school. And then we get to the third round. He's acting like he's just going to walk me, uh, walk, walk, through, down. walk mm -hmm. me down. Then I'm like, I'm not backing, backing up. So right. I put my hand up and wait for him. And in order to push him, I have to counter. Right. And then he get caught at that moment. Right. So you, that, that he's like, so what's going through your mind when you catch him? Do you like, man, I just put, I just no, put no, not, not really nothing. I, I really, because he wasn't a uh, strong punch. So right. I know that he's going to get up. You didn't catch right? him with your bears. No, no. I mean, he was a punch that even hit his shoulder first okay. before he hit right. his temple. Right? But if you so, catch him flush, you believe you, you, the, the fight's over. If you don't glaze it, if you don't glance his shoulder, you catch him flush with that left. You believe you put him down for, to stay? Everyone, everybody will go down. <laughs> in that one. Basically, in the third round, yeah. you're still fresh. No, everyone will go down. Right. In, with, with a clean shot. Right. Like. So, so what was what was it like taking a punch from him? Because, like you said, I mean, most of your look. 
in the UFC, the guys, I mean, you, there's so many things that you got to watch for. Mm -hmm. In boxing, you're just looking for the hands. Now, you jab, the, the uppercut, the hook, the body shots. But in UFC, you got to watch a knee, an elbow, a foot. You got to watch all that. And so most of the guys aren't punchers like you are. Now, they can end the fight. Now, the heavyweight, mm -hmm. because you got body as you go up in 215, 220, 230, 240, guys can end the no, fight. No, it's minimum 250. Yeah, okay, 250. <laughs> yeah. So what was it like taking a shot from, from Tyson Fury? You he, felt? He hits pretty good. I mean, <laughs> first of all, like, even in the uh, in the MMA, like, there's all those uh, punches from everywhere, knee, kick, mm -hmm. all those stuff. But... Punches, they are not so strong as boxer. You know, right. those guys have it in inside they know the how shoulder. To throw. They know how to throw. Yeah, they have the speed. They know how to throw it. Everything hit pretty good. I, I mean, I hit some good shot. I'm right. like fuck. <laughs> 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 you know, but have you it, ever gotten hit that hard in a UFC fight? Um, I don't. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, basically in the UFC is uh, in uh, in MMA it tr is tr uh, four ounce gloves. Yeah, um, that's yeah. a lot of knuckle though. Yeah, <laughs> but it was pretty good shot. Right. I mean, it's good when you feel a punch. That means you are still up. But <laughs> the fact that you took the punch and you kept coming forward and you didn't back down or you didn't retreat and give him confidence, like okay, he felt that power. Now is my chance. Is because you kept coming forward. Um, I was there to fight and to win. Right. I mean, <laughs> and he, he's the champion. I have to go after him. Right. You know, I'm not going to sit them. I wasn't going there to count, you know, right. because like uh, my game plan wasn't to count him or to survive. Right. My game plan was to fight and to win. Right. You know, to dictate, to dictate my own rule. That, that was the game plan. Okay. Like I'm going to, I'm coming after you to win. Right. Yeah. So in order to do that, I have to work. You go 12, you go 10 rounds. You're like, okay. Hmm. You get back. So what are you thinking? Do you think you won the fight? Yes, absolutely. Like right at that, at that moment, I was fear of happiness. Right. Which I wasn't even putting in perspective the fight, how it goes. I mean, one again, once again, is my first fight. Right. I'm much worried about one, what is happening. I'm very detailed of like, okay, don't do this. Don't let this happen. How are you feeling? Are you going to be good uh, at the 10th round and all those? So I couldn't count at that moment. You know, I was just happy. I was first happy that I made it uh, there. But I'm like, I won, right? But. Again, I was prepared. I knew that when it goes to decision, like, it's going to be hard. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I wasn't surprised. The only thing is that it was quite obvious. You know, the difference was quite obvious. Right. There was a lot of, there was even a lot of things besides the decision that was kind of like, okay. Well, he hit you with an el illegal elbow he, several times. He, he hit me with the elbow once. Uh, at the beginning of the fight, um, the first contact, not even two seconds, the referee was like, break, break, you know. And from the moment that he started to initiate the uh, contact mm -hmm. on his own, then there wasn't a break anymore. At some point, I was like, okay, call, call out the break. And they wasn't calling the break. Right. So everything was arranged for him to be comfortable, you know. I understand. I was just a... 
single guy coming to take down the structure of an right. entire business. <laughs> when you look at it, he's because he's such a mountain of a man, he l- normally leans on people and tires them out. Yeah. But because of your stature, you were able to withstand some of the leaning on him and you didn't get tired. And I knew, and I knew that. I knew that very well. I watched him fought, uh, basically his second fight against Deontay Wilder. I watched that very close. And by the fifth round, Deontay was like exhausted. Like, I'm like, and people, I'm like, oh, he didn't train. I'm like, he did train, but you don't understand. Like, I mean, even when Tyson showed up, I think it was uh, 273 mm-hmm. at the weigh-in. I'm like, he's going to weigh, weigh him down. <laughs> like, I knew, right? right? And that's exactly what he what he did. Right. And um, so I was prepared on that. I worked a lot on like uh, my leg, mm-hmm. still work some wrestling stuff. So I was prepared. Well, you acquitted yourself very well. So when you get back to the corner, you get back to your dressing room. What did Mike Tyson tell you? Was he, did he tell you he's proud of you? What did he say, man? We, no, it wasn't even at the dressing room. Like uh, after the fight, yeah. he, he carries Kim, he carried Cameron Flack was just raising like the the new heavyweight champion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mike, he doesn't right. uh, care about right. all your stuff. Right. He, he say whatever he he believe right. in, and he was just out there like the winner of the night. Right. Right. So overall. Everyone was happy. We were happy. We did a great job. Uh, everything went well. Uh, leading up into the fight, everything was good. You know, it was a good experience for everyone, the team, the people, the family around. It was a pretty good experience. You know, uh, the first time that I have, I have my family uh, attend to my fight. Right. I had like 30 family members there right. sitting first row, right. uh, watching me fight, you know, my mom, my brothers, everyone. Were you nervous? Because you say that's the first time I they've mean, seen you. Yes. I mean, you're always nervous when you're getting in something that... Um, Combat. No, Com- competition. Yeah. Because it couldn't be, it, it could it could have been like uh, performing like a, a musician or mm-hmm. something. You're, you will still be nervous, right? Okay. Uh, when it comes to performance, you're always nervous. But... At some point, uh, I was just like, let's give them the show. Let's enjoy this. Who would have believed that they would be here? Like, mm-hmm. the entire village traveled to come sit there, right. uh, watch me on the big screen. And uh, the show was massive, gigantic, like never seen before, mm-hmm. right? So... So you had a great... So if, if you were to, and it seems like you're looking to pursue this full time... Are you looking for a full-time trainer or would you let Mike train you? Or is this something that Mike would be, or was this a one-off? No, first of all, Mike is not a full-time trainer. Okay. Mike was helping, he would come uh, time to time mm-hmm. to help us, uh, but it's not like he was every day, every day okay. uh, in the training. Okay, so yes. you got to put, so if this is something that you're going to pursue, you're going to have a full-time trainer. So are you looking to do this full-time and give up UFC? I mean, uh, not UFC, but MMA. MMA. Are you looking to give up MMA and just do boxing full-time? Or are you trying to do a Deion Sanders and play football and basketball? Com- I mean, baseball. Combination. <laughs> I can do a little bit of both. Right. Let's see. Let's see the great fight. You know, I think at this point of uh, my career, I just won a big fight. Uh, a big show uh, uh, before I call it out. So, right. so how many? How how how, um, how long do you train for this fight? Uh, like four months. Four months for this fight. Like this was my first 
boxing match. Mm -hmm. So uh, usually my training camp would be like 10 weeks, mm -hmm. three months max. But this one was different. So I know that I have a lot of way to go. Basically, like when it comes to endurance, mm -hmm. you know, uh, condition and stuff. So I took a lot of time ahead. So you're talking about 10, three-minute rounds versus five, five-minute rounds. What's what's the diff? What did you notice a difference? There's there's a lot of difference. You know, like uh, in MMA, when you're tired, first of all, it's something that I have been doing. I have the experience. Right. I know how to manage. You know, and in MMA, when you're tired, you can attempt a takedown or lean on somebody and act like grappling, or maybe trying to take him down. Just lean on him, trying to walk a little bit and win the round. Okay. In boxing, there's not that is. Whether you better be able to stand on your feet and move. Right. Not only move your feet, move your hands. Right. You know, uh, when uh, those acid lactate uh, start to get in your hand, then you're... I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
done or in your feet, you're done. You right. better work, uh, get a good training camp in order to avoid that right. because you're not going to lean on somebody for 10 or 30 seconds to rest, to take a breath. You know, you're going to be going constantly, stand mm -hmm. up face to face. Right. So it's, it's different. So I like you. So are you looking forward? So who would you want? Let's just say some promoter came and says, okay, I don't need a promoter. You don't have a promoter? I don't need a promoter. You don't mean, oh, so you're your own promoter? Yeah, I don't need a promoter. So. Give me five promotion. <laughs> that, that, that's your promoter? Yeah. I can go promote with, with whoever, have a fighter, and want to put on a fight. I don't need a promotion. Okay. So <laughs> who would you be looking in the heavyweight division to fight next? Right now, I want a rematch with Tyson. You know, uh, I, this fight built a lot of confidence uh, on me, okay. uh, in me. But also, I think uh, he took me a little lightly, so he might come next time very heavy. I want to feel it, you know, I want the rematch. But I think now that you know what to expect, I know you believe expect. he's going to come back better prepared, but you'll be better prepared because you know what to expect yeah, from yeah, the previous yeah. fight. Of course. I mean, uh, I'm definitely going to uh, be prepared more, mm -hmm. put more work into right. you know, because... Uh, I believe now, I, I mean, I was there and uh, I, I know that I won. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that even though they gave him a victory, mm -hmm. he's coming now as a challenger. Right. And he's coming now to restore, uh, to restore himself. himself, his reputation, mm -hmm. you know. So it's going to be, it's going to come <laughs> hard. What, what's the big, as far as training, what's the biggest difference between MMA and boxing? in your training camp? Because you say you'd go uh, probably about 10 weeks in MMA and you went four months, so you went about, you went four months, you went about 16 weeks in boxing. So what's the biggest difference? Is there more cardio in MMA? Is there more road work in boxing? What's some of the differences that you notice? It depends. Uh, whether it's MMA or boxing, everything depends on the pace that mm -hmm. you're putting in. Right. If you start, uh, whether it's boxing, and then just go there, start through heavy punch, pop, 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 pop. Yeah. First round, <laughs> you can you last gas. <laughs> Right, you guys out. Yeah. Same thing with MMA. Okay. You know, like, and then basically, like MMA, if you uh, go at after somebody trying to take down and start a force there, stay there. You guys are like this. After two minutes, you have all the acid lactic here. You know, it's also the pace how to manage that. Okay. Because there's nobody that can go like keep this uh the, his hundred percent for like three minutes. Right. You just know how to manage it. You know, so. He all depend, but uh, I'm more. I have more experience in MMA, so I know how to manage that. Which in boxing is something that I'm still learning. You know, like on this fight, I, I saw a lot of trick mm -hmm. in the fight, a lot of things that they were doing that was like, okay, it's right, it's not right, it's in the mirror. Okay, you know, so they can let it go pass. What What about the weight cut? I mean, how much? I mean. You're a fairly large man. I mean, what do you walk? What's your walk around weight? Like 275. Okay, 275, so you so 280. you go into an MMA fight. How much do you normally weigh? MMA fight, I will go 260, 250, maybe 257. For this boxing match, how much did you weigh? 265. Okay, so there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot. There was not a whole lot of cut. I didn't cut. I don't cut weight. You don't cut weight. I lose weight during training camp. Okay. It's not like I don't do something specific to cut weight. Right. I don't um, 
eat less. Right. I just eat. So clean. all these drastic weight cuts that yeah. we see some of them MMA fighters no, do, no, you don't no. do that. I okay. don't do that. I mean, when you're training uh, twice a day, every time you're going, you put in everything. Come on, man. You're gonna <laughs> lose that weight. You're gonna lose that weight. Right. So. A lot of people thought the fight was going to be scripted because they see they see these exhibitions. They see uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather fight, uh, uh, the Paul brothers, and they see some of this stuff. But I think early on they could tell this is not scripted. This is real. I mean, that's what that's what they said. At the, some people thought at the beginning, and we made it clear that this is going to our record. Yeah. Right. If you lost, you lost. It's like you're not thirty-three-zero anymore. You're thirty-three-one. Right. Is going there, mm -hmm. so uh, and then exhibition doesn't go on the road. Right. In exhibition, you they don't need all those official, uh, all those staff, all those drug testing staff mm -hmm. because they know at the end of the day it's just uh, to put on a show. I mean, the fight was in Saudi Arabia, and you have Kanye showed up, M showed up, De La Hoya, Holyfield, Cristiano Ronaldo, Conor McGregor, Vince McMahon, Undertaker, Lil Baby perform. What was it like to see like? You way in Saudi Arabia. This wasn't Vegas, and we understand that Vegas is the fight capital of the world. You're in Saudi Arabia, and you have so many big names showing up to see a guy that's never been in a boxing match before mm -hmm. to see you fight. Yeah, and something that you don't even see in Vegas, you know, that uh, concentration of a celebrity in one spot. I think that that was the biggest concentration of <laughs> uh, celebrity in one spot. And listen, like, even before that, like uh, when um, when we signed the fight, three months out the fight, uh, we start. They started a promo video, a uh, video a music clip, mm -hmm. and then that was the moment that you uh, I realized that no, it's not the same. It's not going to be the same right. at all. You know, like that vid that uh, video uh, for the the clip, we shot it in Hollywood. One week in Hollywood, just shooting a video clip, and now I'm like, okay, it's not the same. It's not, like, <laughs> not the same at all. We don't do it. We, I never do something like this. Right. Ronaldo gifted you a hundred and thirty something thousand dollar watch. What did that mean? I mean, everybody know he's one of the most visible, recognizable people on the planet, and he said, bro. I think it gave me more than that. It gave me more than a watch. Uh, well, he gave you more. He gave you more gifts. No, I mean, it's, gifts is not always what somebody gives you. Right. I think it's the time. Yeah. Um, like early this year, uh, right after I separated with the UFC, um, I, I left the UFC early this year, and then I went to Saudi, and um, we were tr um, they were trying to make me uh, uh, meet Cristiano. And he didn't work out. The guy that said, oh, we have a dinner or something. It didn't work out, okay? I think he was full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, then we were in, into a meeting at the, at the hotel mm -hmm. uh, restaurant. And then my guy saw one of his, uh, his guy, Ricardo. Right. And I'm like, ah, that's a Ronaldo guy. And he went uh, to him and said, hey, Rick, and started talk. And he said, oh, um, and then he introduced me. He said, ah, Ronaldo Cristiano is a huge fan of Francis. And I'm like, yeah, 
maybe another guy that <laughs> pretend to know Ronaldo Cristiano, right. right? So he said, okay, let me call. So he pick on the phone and call uh, Cristiano and say, yes, I'm here with Francis Ngannou, blah, 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 blah. And then hang up. I wasn't hearing the other side of the right. phone. And then hang up and say, yeah, uh, he said we should come up. He's at the pool. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But I just followed the guy. <laughs> you followed him up? Yeah, like, okay, what's going to happen? Right. He's not going to chop my head. Right. So, right? <laughs> then we went up to the pool, and yes, Cristiano was there with his wife, his daughter, and staff. He was in the short, and we introduced. Because, to be honest, I wasn't expecting, I wouldn't be surprised if Ronaldo said, hey, who is this? I wouldn't be surprised right. that he didn't know me, right? right. And then you know, I'm like, hey, what's up, Cham? I started talk, started talk, and I find found out that he knows a lot about me. He knows my story. He knows my fight. He was giving me detail about the fight, like how I fight this guy. What? How can I fight this guy? Which one is better between this guy and this guy? If I fight, start. I'm like, well, how come what? do you know much? And he said, we wake uh, my family and uh, I. We went down every time when you fight uh, to watch your fight, and. I w we were standing next to the pool like this, talking for like uh, 40, 40 minutes at wow. least. And I think that was more than a watch. Right, yeah. Right? And just, just the interaction. The interaction. And he was giving me advice, the reason why he took this decision, why I did this. People don't understand, they think this, but I did this because of this. I'm like, wow. You know, you have to know the man, know mm -hmm. the public. Yeah. figure, mm -hmm. him himself, and understand his mind. And I'm like, this is very interesting. And he was giving me some, right. some advice. And um, at the end, you know, he was so genuine that at the end, I was like, I can't live without having my picture with Cristiano, <laughs> right? I gotta right. get a proof. I'm right. like, um, but I was still a little embarrassed to talk about picture. And then I'm like, yeah, no, no worry, let's go. And then, he put his shirt on, uh, we went to uh, on the shade mm -hmm. and started to take picture and right. like, okay, let's do face off. And he was laughing, hugging right. me. Right. You look at that picture, it seems like we know we know each other for years. Right. Yeah. It was our first time meeting. He wow. was this is how genuine he was. And then I was going to save my picture for whenever I'm gonna post it, is my picture with Cristiano. Couple hours after I found the picture, I just find uh, my f the notification on mm. my phone started like. Trrr. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I check. Cristiano post post that picture and say, uh, was happy to meet you today, uh, Cham Francis and Ganu or the stuff, blah blah blah. Wow. That's when I post mine. That was way more than a watch. <laughs> <laughs> what was some? What was some of the best advice that you've gotten? Being in that situation because you got exposed to a lot of different things that you didn't get exposed to in the MMA by taking this fight with Tess Tyson Fury. So what were some of the things that people have reached out and given you advice about moving forward? Uh, listen, most of the time, basically, when you're doing something that people don't understand your decision, it's not about advice. Mm -hmm. uh, people will always be, uh, most people... Some people will support you. People that are on your side will support you even when, even when they disagree with you. Right. They still support you because it's you. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but as far as advice, 
who was the guy that really believed in it in order to give you advice? Right. Everybody was like, um, I don't know about that, <laughs> right? So, and then you have to do yourself, to, to yourself, you have to have this self-conversation with yourself, like, okay, am I good? Yeah, that was my decision. Right. I wanted this, I wanted this, I'm doing this. And at the end of the day, what could be worse? Maybe for me, the worst is not to try. The worst is not to try and fail. So I don't care. I'm right. getting into the position that nobody have ever expect, expect me to get there. I'm doing something that is uncomfortable for everyone. I'm taking a risk, this challenge. I could have just said in MMA, I'm more comfortable there and yeah. this, but I'm taking a challenge, right? At the end of the day, what I want to tell my kid is that I dare. Right. That's all what matters. Would you, <clears throat> Deontay Wilder, uh, obviously he fought Tyson Fury tw uh, three times. Three I think. times. Um, they had a draw um, and then Fury beat him the last two times. Would you be willing to fight him in a boxing match? Of course. Even before this Tyson fight, we were talking uh, with him. Like, uh, he, he, he's also willing to fight me in MMA. Now, come on, Francis. Oh, no, for real. Francis, stop. Why would you even take that fight? Why? Yes. Okay. Let me tell you why. Let's say he's not fighting me. He's fighting somebody else, right? I look at the profile of that fighter. I put my money on Deontay. Basically, I mean, even just as a boxer, basically, now that he's like really intent to do that MMA and be training on, I put money on him because he just need to cut somebody <laughs> to land a punch. Man. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never 
going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, <laughs> but you know them jokers go have them legs, them long legs. Man, they, they... But... It could also be a mixed room. Oh, so we you were, can't we, kick we or something were, like we that? We were thinking of a mixed room. Okay, yeah. Right? Uh, because honestly, I think it's going to be too hard for him if we don't mix the rules. The one thing about MMA, you can't be one-dimensional. Ronda Rousey was one-dimensional. Uh, Conor McGregor's one-dimensional. Really? Yeah, he just throw punches. He has a good ground game, too. Man, every time they take him to the ground, uh, uh, somebody will, will always have a. There's always somebody that has a better ground game than somebody. And when they say you have a decent, decent ground game, it's not the best on the game. You know, it's <clears> a sport of uh, multiple discipline, multiple yes. dimension. Yes. Uh, you you have to be decent at some. Right. And most of the time, champion is not great at one uh, one thing or good it's, at a lot. Just good at a lot. You just need to be good at a lot. Yes. Then, besides uh, good at a lot, your fighting IQ make make you even higher. Because sometimes you fight it, you're fighting a wrestler. You know that as soon as you guys get in the contact, you, you can I feel the clinch. You can feel okay. He it's different. This guy be wrestling for twenty years. Right. You can wrestle for three, two, three months in the training camp and come compete with somebody right. that be uh, eating wrestling for his entire life, right. right? So you just have to avoid to go to that territory, mm -hmm. you know, play with that. But at the end, you might win the fight, but it doesn't mean you're a best wrestler. If they put you guys in the wrestling game, he will eat you, people like you, five <laughs> in one minute. <laughs> yeah, wrestling, because I'm going to get tired. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to avoid getting tired when you try to wrestle somebody. Yes. because <laughs> Yes, because you contract. Yeah. You're always like this. Crispy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, relax. What about Anthony Joshua? Would you be willing to fight Anthony Joshua? Of course. I'm willing to he fight. He said he'd knock you out. He, I mean, this is what he, he said. What? He said he'd knock you out. Well, but but even Tyson Fury said the same thing, and Tyson Fury is better than Anthony Joshua. So, what do I care about what people say? You heard that, Anthony? He said you heard what he said. He said Tyson Fury is better than you. He beat Tyson Fury. What do I care about what people said? <laughs> I mean, I've been into this game so long. Right. I have seen so much. I've right. heard so much. What people intend to do. Right. There is a difference between wanting to do and be able to do or to do. Or, or saying what you're going to do until you get into the ring and then have to do. Yeah. So would you be willing to fight him in like a, a mix, like a like you said you and Deontay? In Wild? anyone, in yeah. anything that he wants. Yeah. Anything. Anything, anything that he wants. You want. just want him in the ring. Yeah, anything that he wants. Ring of octagon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the good thing about this is like I'm the one that can go everywhere. Right. More comfortably. Right. You know. My uh, my comfort zone will be octagon, but I'm going to the ring and putting them into a bad spot in the ring. So so you go so you going into their territory. Yeah, I'm conquering. 
you you can keep them. You're conquering new territory. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Because I have my territory where they cannot mess with me. No. On even if, and if they come, they would need something like some favor, like, okay, give I give you this. Okay, we take a kick out. Okay, we I have to give him something. Yeah. You can't kick, you can't elbow. Yeah. You basically to, you just basically got a box or I mean well no, you just have to box him in the octagon. Yeah. Because now you can't take him down because they can't afford the takedown. Yeah. I have to give him something. <laughs> but when we step in the ring, they don't, they don't give, give you anything. anything. <laughs> but I to get them in trouble. Right. So leaving the UFC, was that a very hard decision for you? Um, it was a decision that uh, if it was up to me, I wouldn't take that decision. You know, the situation made me take a decision. Right. But it wasn't something that I was expecting or that I was thinking. But I get to the point that I realized that for my goods, uh, for my best, I have to take the, uh, the, the right decision for myself. Right. And that was a good decision for myself. Because I'm looking at some of the things that you requested. You requested health insurance, the ability to have sponsorship for all UFC fighters. Uh, you were the advocate for, for fighters in all contract negotiation. And when UFC, de they denied your request to resign, you was like, okay, you're the first reigning champ to leave the UFC since 2004. So almost 20 years, Francis. Yeah. But the reason why I did that, uh, you know, it wasn't something that uh, even uh, early in my career I was thinking about. The reason that I uh, was requesting all those stuff because was the thing that the push pushed me in the position that my back was against the wall. Then I have to figure out that okay, this is what wrong. This is what's what's wrong. This is what get me here. If I wasn't back on the wall, maybe I wouldn't have figured that out. So then when I when I f uh, get my back off that wall, I'm like, no, I don't want to get in that position that I'm powerless. In fact, in fact, we all are in those positions that we we are powerless. So you need to give something up. Right. You know, uh, not to make it, it, it can be even, but at least give something up. Right. Like, I have a contract that I have no leverage in that contract, no power, nobody could advocate for me. Uh, everything that is there is what you say. And, uh, I mean, like, even when they talk up, uh, you talk about extension, you decide you are the party and the judge. You say, okay, this, uh, we are extending you. I don't even have a right to fight. I don't have, and those kind of things, they put me in the position to start things like that. Right. So obviously, that's how it come out. So what was, I mean, so when you, obviously you had, uh, being heavyweight champ, you have a relationship with somewhat of a relationship with Dana. You sit down and have a conversation. You say, well, Dana, bro, come on now. I understand you You guys have built this. You have an unbelievable company. But I'm Francis Ngannou. I'm the heavyweight champion of the world. Make, make some concessions. No, I mean, he wasn't about me because um, I don't just think that, oh, I'm Francis Ngannou. What the hell? What, what do they have to do with the <laughs> fact that you're Francis Ngannou? Right. I'm a fighter, and I believe that uh, a fighter is the one that make that company, right? right. Without a fighter, uh, there is not a promotion, there is not UFC, or there is not any other pro fighting promotion. How about just thinking of like giving them 
a fire a little bit of a condition. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I said, uh, the advocate, uh, the advocate for the fighters was just like, let's get somebody that, it wasn't even about a union. I said, let's just get somebody that speak for the fighters, uh, who will represent the fighters in the board meeting. Because I do believe that sometimes your decision hurt fighter, hurts fighter, but you didn't mean to, but you're seeing stuff from your perspective. But if somebody was there to, uh, explain you the fighter perspective. Maybe you would have understand better and uh, find a uh, um, make a, a concession mm -hmm. and make it a good decision for everyone. Right. So that was that was my request. Yeah. It wasn't like a big. You deal. want a fighter's advocate? A advocate, right? And uh, the reason why I did that um, also leading to a sponsorship because I lost a sponsorship for uh, the amount of the money that I never make fighting, right? Wow. Because of one of their sponsors. So I'm in the position that uh, I'm like, okay, I'm not making money. I can't fight until you guys want me to fight. If you are not happy to me, I cannot fight. And I have no right. That contract gives me no right to claim like, okay, I have a right to fight, uh, to fight a year minimum. Right. There's nothing. You can sit me there for two, one year and a half and say, oh, we are looking. Oh, this doesn't work. This didn't work out. Oh, oh this can be good. Wow. And I'm like, no, that's not fair. That's right. not right, right. Right. You are taking everything out uh, from me. All my right. Exclusivity. Because you only make money if you fight. Yeah. And so I'm exclusive. I'm supposedly independent uh, contractor. Uh, contractor, but I'm not. Because I think the word independent contractor is just not to give me the benefit that uh, employees will have, like such as health so, insurance. Yes. And uh, most of the time, uh, we in this sport, we get to the point that we need um, uh, surgery or something that is more that we can afford. We cannot right. afford. A lot of fighters still fight paycheck after paycheck. Right. Uh, and that's why, like, uh, when when they finish a fight, go home, sit, and pray that they receive a call uh, for the promotion for the UFC to fight again, uh, to in order to have money. And by the time they they, they have a fight, they already broke. They they already they already spent the money that they made from the, the money last fight. From the last fight. So at least you cover something. Like I have seen fighter. I mean, even now I still see a lot of fighter that get hurt, but they can't go to the hospital. They have, and they can't pull out, pull out from the fight because they need to go because you have to make the money. No, they need to go into the fight. When they come out of the, of the fight, they, they claim it as they was hurt in the fight. Mm -hmm. That the only, that's the only, because that's the only moment that they are covered. They have the insurance. Mm -hmm. But if they don't do that, if they don't go to the fight, they will never benefit from that insurance. And I think it's not fair, you know, uh, in a sport that you're using your body going after, you know, you have a surgery injury and then you have to go with this injury for like maybe one or two months just because you cannot afford uh, a uh, surgery or something. <laughs> I think... <laughs> You said something very interesting. You said that you had an opportunity for a sponsorship that you would make more money from that sponsor than you would in the fight, but you couldn't do the sponsorship because of the sponsor with the UFC. Yeah. So the Dana then says, okay, Francis, you can't do that sponsorship, but since we have a sponsor, you can do this sponsor. 
Did he come to you with that? Uh, no. And that, again, you know, that's the, the kind of concession that I don't want. I think at this point, we are getting to the place that we can have our own right. And the reason, um, I think, um, fighter get robbed from their platform, which is like uh, sponsorship. Sponsorship is what athletes most of the time yeah, know, here. get a little more money. Right, Basically, yes, for yes. those who doesn't make money, right. they count a lot of right, on right. sponsorship. And obviously, when you have right. when you're having a lot of, or you money, can have an endorsement on uh, your trunks or something like that. In, yes, in bed, you know, gaming sites or you know something of Whatever. that nature. Yes. Yeah. But, and I understand that uh, they want to make this ball clean and this, yes, that's good, you know, uh, credit to you. But at least have a department so you say, okay, maybe fighters are allowed to have one or two that will be checked mm -hmm. if everything and fit, check, uh, check, uh, fit into the box. If, if so, they can have it, you know, but have it because that's their, uh, their own. Right. But now you have to wear or carry all those uh, sponsors on you that you, you, you don't gotta, you know. You got to use all the UFC sponsors. Yeah, basically. So no value for you. Right. John, Jones, Dan, John Jones and Dana White. Dana said Francis won't take, wants to take zero risk. He obviously didn't want to take a chance with John Jones. He also said Dana wants to fight the lesser of opponents and make money. Is there any regret? that you left the UFC without getting an opportunity to settle you and John Jones? I always regret it. Before I left the UFC, I've been asking this fight for almost three years. And guess what? what? They've been telling me that John John is scared. John John don't, doesn't want to fight. John John doesn't want this. John John has enough, of, enough money. Right. He's living in a book cookie uh, that he's not spending that much money. So he doesn't need a risk. John John is not this. John John doesn't want this. And that's how they keep rolling, you know. So it's a mechanism that they use in any sense, right, mm -hmm. um, of negotiation. And I'm sure, like, maybe uh, at the same time, uh, if John John is asking the same fight, they will say the same thing into this fight. And that's the problem. When you have a, uh, somebody in the mirror that is controlling the information, the only thing that I know from John John's is what the UFC would tell me from John John. The only thing that John John would know from me is what the UFC would tell him. So what's mean? The power is here. He manipulates right. everything, uh, uh, both sides and public opinion. What if the UFC and, and, and your current uh, MMA sanctioning body says, you know what, <clears throat> this fight is too big not to happen. Just like we saw with Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. Mm -hmm. That was too much money for it not to happen. So we got 20, we got 40, we got 50 million. Mm -hmm. We're going to split it right down the middle. Well, I've been claiming this fight. I'm in the PFL. They can, we can do the same thing as they did with, uh, with Floyd Mayweather. But at this, uh, at this moment, PFL needs to be involved. Right. Yeah. But they want to cut PFL out. They just want to be. I don't or you don't, or you I, don't I, I don't know what yeah, they want to yeah. do, but I do know. But you would be, you would be fight. willing to fight John Jones. No, I'm willing to. I'm willing to stay now as long as they can, we can find a way. I'm willing to do that fight. Not to go back to the USA, but to fight. But just that, just that one, just that one, for yeah. one, this is a one time offer. Yeah, just to fight John Jones. But I mean, but let me ask you a question. Yes. You make 25 million. Let's just say for the sake of art, because this is going to be the biggest, it's going to be the biggest fight in UFC history. Yeah. 
you're a champion. He's a champion. Many believe he's the greatest MMA fighter ever. I, no matter what. I, I believe too. So you're going to make a... Now, you get 25, you get 30, 40 million dollars in your bank account. How does Francis Ngannou stay motivated? That changes that amount of money because now all of a sudden Francis got on, he got on mink slippers. No, first of all, you have to, I think you have to find out what's keep you, what is your motivation. Okay. Sometimes, uh, some people motivation is money. Mm -hmm. And for some people, money is the, money will help them to get higher, to find more. Like we are today in the gym, uh, to a, private gym that I have on my own. Money allows me to do that, you know, to set. But I'm using money to get, uh, build my own infrastructure mm -hmm. and just to get better because I'm going somewhere. I'm using it to accommodate myself better, to, to better, to equip myself better to get there. I'm using those money to maybe when needed, uh, I don't have to take appointment with physical, uh, at physical, for, with physical therapy. I just have my own personal uh, physical therapy mm -hmm. and that's what I did, right? Uh, but my motivation is still the same. My drive wasn't to get money. Money will help me to get what I want. My drive was to get, do the best that I can possibly do to find out how far I can go. And I'm still about to find out how I can go. Every time this um, get bigger and bigger, you feel the need of this, right? So you think uh, before the Tyson fight, I was sitting home like, oh no, I'm not hungry anymore. Mm -hmm. No. I mean, it's been a long time since I'm not hungry, but I need, <laughs> I need that motivation, right? right. right? Uh, I, I still have that motivation and even better. It's getting even better because you get that and then your needs. You see what side of you want more. Yeah. No, I mean, more to achieve. Like, what yes. can I do? Like, uh, when I started my career, there wasn't like, oh, a potential John John fight would be the biggest fight, one of the biggest fight. There wasn't a Tyson Fury fight that would be a biggest fight. You get to the point that you can get all that. Why would you? It would be a waste to retire without uh, having right. all that, without testing yourself like that, since that's your, your goal. November is here, and we're in the heart of football season. Basketball and hockey are just getting started. So many games to watch on any given day. But wouldn't it be better if they were live? The best way to get tickets to any of these games this month is on Game Time, the fastest growing ticket app in the U.S. Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to help save you money on tickets. You can find exclusive deals and sponsor deals on games and concerts daily. With Zone Deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for big time savings. And with Game Time Guarantee, you will always get the best price. If you find a ticket in the same section and roll for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of it. Buying tickets at Game Time. Create an account. Redeem code SHAYSHAY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app and enter the code SHAYSHAY, S-H-A-Y, S-H-A-Y for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.